Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pot in which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father quickly ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast. Because this, this son of mine was dead, and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always and everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Rembrandt's image of the prodigal son is one of my favorite artistic depictions of all the Bible. It's actually an image that I have in my confessional as well. And it sits across from where my chair is, so that way, as I'm sitting in the confessional, I'm always looking at the image of the prodigal son's return to remind me of what is truly taking place within that wonderful and beautiful sacrament. And it's this beautiful image of the father embracing the younger son. His son is in absolute rags. There's even a shoe that has fallen off of his foot. And then you see in the background the older son, 
robed in fine linens, fine robes, brooding in the background. In today's gospel, in this image that we have received from our Lord, one of the most beautiful in Christianity, we are reminded that each of us can either, at different times in our life, be the prodigal son. Perhaps, at different points in our life, we have left the faith altogether. We have gone to a life of dissipation. We have given in to the temptations of sin and handed our life over to a life of dissipation, which has left us abandoned, bereft, and hungry. An indication of what the world really does to us, of what sin truly does to us. Whenever it says that the sun desires to feed upon the pods that the swine fed on, recognize at how insulting that must have been, at how demeaning that was for a Jew. As Jews did not eat pigs, did not eat swine because they were considered unclean. So the fact that the son desires to not simply even eat pork, which would have been insulting enough, but desires to eat what pork is eating. That is how far he has fallen. That is how far he has gone. But then he comes to his senses, thinks to himself, which of my father's hired workers has more than enough to eat? How generous my father is to his hired workers. Obviously he's generous to his sons, but even his hired workers are better off than I am. So his son goes off. But then the father's response then teaches us something about God's love for us, for you, for each and every one of us. That in our life of dissipation, as we turn to sin, what happens is we end up leaving ourselves destitute, hungry, without which we truly need, in a state of want and need that we could never imagine, in a spirit of abandonment, in a state of absolute and utter dissipation, without nothing. But then as the son comes back to the father, He's not even able to finish his spiel. As he gets halfway through, his father stops him and says, no, tells everybody, let's throw a party. Let's welcome him back in. Let's robe him with fine robes, put a ring on his finger, clean him up, slaughter the fattened calf and have a big old feast. You see, the father's love for you is that deep. Your father's love for you is that profound. That no matter where we've been, no matter where we've gone, he welcomes us back with open arms. And it is an indication even too that sin and the punishments of sin, which we so often think as God being wrathful or unkind, are actually quite the opposite. They're quite and greatest kindness that he can bestow upon us. Because of the pain that we feel from our sins, the abandonment we feel from our sins, whatever it is, the brokenness we feel in our sins, drive us back to the point of where the sun goes. The effects of sin in our life are not God's wrath, but instead they are God's mercy at work, driving us to where we will truly be at home, where we will truly be loved. This is why we can never minimize sin, because sin pulls us away from God. Sin drives us away from the source of our true happiness. 
Sin does damage to us. And it is good that it does so. If we do not learn to recognize that our sufferings, our pains, are actually a gift that drive us into the heart of a loving Father, we miss the entire point. We miss the greatest gift we can have in this life, which is the consolation. What greater feeling is there for a child than whenever they scrape their knee to run to the arms of a loving parent? You see, whenever we stumble and fall, if there was no consequences, we would not recognize what it is that we are missing out on. We would be unable to see the Father's love for us. And instead, we would be simply left with mediocre, subpar living. But due to the Father's love, due to God's providence, due to His goodness, even when we find ourselves in sin, we find ourselves in a state of darkness. If we but come to our senses, as the younger son does, as the prodigal son does, we will come to recognize the Father's love for us. Come to our senses and say, even as hired workers, even those that do not call him Father, are so blessed by him. How much more so for those of us who have been baptized into Christ and are now called children of God, beloved sons and daughters. The deepest sense of our identity. How much so, more so for us that whenever you find yourself in a state of darkness, depression, sadness, whatever it may be, do not despair. Do not focus on your unworthiness. Do not focus on how you can't fix it, because you can't. But instead, come to your senses and recognize that God our Father, Jesus Christ, who has died on the cross for you, for me, for all of us, recognize that he wants to welcome you back in. We cannot take it for granted, of course. We cannot expect that it is simply given to us, that we're entitled. It must always be received as a gift. But we must come to our senses and run back to Him. We must come to our senses and return to the Father. Recognizing that our sin has left us destitute, has left us bereft and has left us without joy or peace. And it is only in the Father's house, it is only by being reconciled to Him that we come back to the Father, that we come back to joy, that we come back to our status as sons and daughters, that we are once again enshrined and embraced as a child as a child who is disobeyed, but a child at the same time who begs his father to forgive, who begs his father and is welcomed by his father back into loving arms. That is who our God is. All the pain that we suffer, 
all of the brokenness we experience, all of it is a gift because it drives us to who we truly need. Not some drink that's going to numb the pain. Not the dark side of the internet which makes us forget about our woes for a while. Not social media which numbs us to life's beauty. But instead, our brokenness, our pain from sin, drives us to the point that we return to the Father. We are embraced and filled by the one who can truly satisfy the longings of our hearts that each and every one of us have been given. Only he will satisfy. Only he is truly generous. And only he can keep you secure. That is it. That is what it means to be a son or daughter of God. That we dwell in the Father's house, which is ultimately dwelling in the heart of his Son. Seeking his mercy often in the confessional. Receiving him with reverence, devotion, love, in the sacrament of Holy Eucharist, in a worthy state. Allowing him to transform our hearts, to truly experience joy and peace. The joy and peace that is ours by right, as sons and daughters, through our baptism.